0: and mp3 downloads and now with this week's teaching Bishop Malcolm Smith. The Lord be with you everyone this night and before we go any further let me remind you um, of our retreat that is coming up on the first weekend of December and for you to go to Our web page and the address of the web page is unconditionallovefellowship.com and click on the picture and that will take you to all the details. We are um, dealing with the subject of the rest of God and probably it would be true to say that is the central theme of scripture that he... Brings us into complete and total rest. And for some people life is anything but a rest. But I assure you Jesus meant exactly what he said. And he said, Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and he was speaking about the burdens and the pressures of life. And he said, I will give you rest. And it's the same word he uses there as is used throughout the scripture beginning in Genesis 1 when we are having the blueprint of what it means to be a human being lined out to us so plan to be with us and of course let me say it again because it is so important we've just in the last um, week had a a Bible school here and um, that was one thing I heard from almost everybody quite apart from the hours of teaching that we enjoyed, but it was the fact they were in a room with 50 other people who were all on the same page and seeking after the same revelation of truth. That that does something to you. That That is a strengthening of your spirit. That's what it means, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Remember? That doesn't. That doesn't mean just you got to go to church every week. It, it means that you come together with people who have this revelation of Jesus being the definition of the love of God, and and you encourage each other in that. Don't forsake the assembly of that kind of fellowship. Okay, I. Um, I want to share with you, and it is somewhat, at least, is begun by that Bible school that we've just had, because in talking to so many who were there, many who met us through the web, right? This this program—that's where we met—and you're probably listening right now. Um, but but what I heard was, was people who described that literally in the last months their entire life has been turned upside down inside out because of the seeing inner seeing of the message of the grace of god and that they were filled with joy and yet there was the sort of underlying uh, what what do we do with this um, and then they would report on persons who had been deeply offended by what they had come to see and out of that kind of conversation I, I want to share with you and I don't know, it might be just this week it might extend, it's got possibilities and a text, and it will only be a text I'm not going to read a whole lot it's in Psalm 31 um I would say that he describes in the first verses of the psalm that he's going through some very uh, pressured time, a hurtful time. And then he says in verse 14, "...but as for me, that is, in spite of all that's happening to me right now, I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God." My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine upon your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. But it's that, what to me, is the the central statement. My times are in your hand. As I go through all of this that I'm going through, as I go through all the hardship, the pressures, the trouble. This one thing I know, my times are in your hands. And then from that posture he prays. But that's the heart of it. And what, what does that mean? That's, that's what I want to delve into. Let's excavate that sentence. My times are in your hands. The word times, and it appears and a significant number in the scripture um, but the idea the idea that's in it covers the whole of scripture Times. it means ways my ways as I walk through time and space it, it is also used to describe a season it, it's the time of the harvest it's the time of the sowing it's a time of the rains and so on so it's a season it's got that idea in the word it can also mean just moments and so it can mean that this is the time of the webinar and so just for a few moments we've bracketed it off into moments, a time and so again you could call it a time period and put those all together and i use the word journey and i use it very carefully that the i say this and sometimes we might miss this but really all of scripture yeah all of scripture circles around the idea of a journey have you noticed and I'm not going to go into this it would take I could use the whole hour just illustrating this that the major events persons of scripture hang on a journey I mean Abraham in Ur went on the journey to Canaan and from the north of Canaan to the south of Canaan to the middle of Canaan uh, it's a journey the whole of his life is the description of a journey and when he stops then we have some comment upon it the same Jacob who was to become Israel and he leaves the tents of his father Isaac and he goes on a journey to Paddan up north and, and then from being up there he comes back and he has that meeting with God at, at the brook. And, and, and then he comes back into the land of Israel. He takes his whole life, that journey. Moses, the, the prince who leaves Egypt. Well, first of all, he leaves his um, the throne he was destined to fill. He goes to live with the slaves. And from there, uh, because of what he did, he flees into the wilderness uh, and in the wilderness he looks after sheep and then the burning bush and he goes back into Egypt and from Egypt he goes back to Sinai and from Sinai he goes to Canaan and, uh, and then they don't go into Canaan so they go on another journey through the wilderness for 40 years. Have you thought of that? Every uh, The whole, uh, it's a journey, it's a journey, it's going on. Elisha, the whole of Elisha's story that we really know goes... Uh, From He he appears and comes to Ahab. From there he goes to the brook Kerith. remember? The ravens fed him. And from Kerith and and deliberately the Lord dried up the brook so he had to move and go on a journey to the widow of Zarephath. From the widow of Zarephath he goes back to Ahab and Mount Carmel and calls down fire from heaven, remember that? But then uh, Jezebel threatens him so he runs into the wilderness and there a Beersheba enters the wilderness and from there he goes to Sinai again and there he meets with God and I could keep going the Gospel of Luke and the account of Acts is one long record of the journeys that Jesus took and then the journeys that the apostles took and then of course our life is described as a journey and so um, what, what are we talking and, and those journeys could be described much as a quest you know what I mean um, they were not haphazard they weren't just going on a journey you know some people are addicted to travel hotels and that that wasn't this sort of stuff this was a quest, they were after something after it and, and and so uh, in proverbs it's described as a treasure hunt, and and there's no doubt about it—a a treasure seeking treasure, the wisdom and understanding of God's heart. Um, why, why why is it such a quest? Why is it such a hunt? Have ever thought? I, I think the Lord determines that that. He's going to draw us out. He doesn't dump it in front of us. We, we, our desire is the fuel of this this journey. And by the time we come upon that for which we seek, that the the desire has enlarged our container within the heart, and we're able to receive. If you don't desire something, you wouldn't even know you found it because you, you see what I mean it's because you're, you're desperate for that cup of water that when it comes you you enjoy it to the full if you weren't desperate for it he probably would sit on the table and you wouldn't even notice it uh, he put it there what, why is it if you're asked this is, this is just on the side that I throw it out uh, why is it that the creator, Lord, lover, has hidden so much stuff in the earth that we had to find it and dig it out? It's part of being human. And he's set into the human race a a love for stories about quest, going places, finding things. I suppose he's really into detective stories. You've got to work it out, got to find it. In, it's in the journey of looking that you discover and because you're desiring and looking your heart is enlarged to receive it when you find it and so so this journey that I find in scriptures that is reflected in this word times it's an intentional moving you know what I mean it's it's not a stroll going nowhere. You know, it's, it's not just going out to, be, be you know, uh, follow any trail, follow any track, stop and look at any flower, just stroll and go nowhere but sort of have a vaguely good time. No, th- this that we're talking about is an intentional moving and commitment to the journey a- and it's a journey of discovery. And and you're on the journey and you're making the discovery against all opposition and that which would seek to distract you. No aimless stroll, no. It's not going wherever the path takes. You You know what you're looking for and you're going after it. In fact, the word that is used when some of these journeys are talked about It's a very fascinating word in the Old Testament. Wherever the sole of your foot shall tread. And that word tread has all of what I just said in it. It It's intentional. It's not scraping your foot, you know. It's It's not shuffling. It's not walking forward while you wish you could go backwards no, it, it's tread, you put your foot down it's, it's got emphatic I am walking, I am going, I am arriving it's got a boldness attached to it it means that I own this journey I take possession of this path I tread it in fact, by treading I make a path I, you're following me? See, there's, there's a, a way in which we were created for a journey. We were not created to be stale, dank water, you know, just just sitting there until the uh, moss and reeds cover us. No, we were created to always be moving forward. And it's, it's woven into creation, I mean, just something obvious, but I mean, we're we're not created for just sitting in the same place of existence. No, there's winter, but but hold steady, it will turn into spring. Inevitably, you will journey out of the winter months into the spring days, and, and from there you'll move into the high summer. But Hold it, you'll soon be in the fall. And so it goes on, and the temperature goes down and up, and it's always moving. We're never left just hanging there, whether we like it or not. We're moving through the times, the seasons, and each season carries its own meaning. And so the winter, where everything seems to have died and gone to sleep, and even families take on a new aspect of gathering um, around, well, it used to be a fire where where you would shut the doors against the elements and the family would be drawn closer together. And springtime when everything leaps out and the lambs are bleating and dancing and the birds are coming forth and... Young calves are leaping in the pasture, everything suddenly come alive. Change, journeys, you're you're moving through time and seasons. Harvest time at the end of the summer, sowing time in the spring. It's, it's part of being alive, you see, and we move within ourselves from childhood. We move into a totally other journey of being a teenager. What a journey. And, and And then we move into becoming a young man, a young woman, and we move into marriage and relationships, and we move through life to old age and retirement and it never stops, never stops there, there, There's always a onward, onward moving within our very bodies we change, we become and there comes a point where we look back to childhood and say, I'm not a child anymore That journey is over you see and when a young man finally wakes up to being a full human and, and says, I'm not a teenager I'm not in my early 20 so, Some something's happened and I look back and I even laugh at some of the things I did you see and, and the, the old uh, man old woman as they consider their lives and now they sit at the end and each has got a journey and there's a point where you recognize that journey is over this journey has begun a journey of going to school and then to college and then a job a career and to retirement you it's <laughs> Always, it's, it's continual. You just don't sit there like a lump on the log. Okay, they were all outer journeys. They're very important because, as I said, they're woven into our creature. But within all those physical journeys, material journeys, journeys to do with what we do, are out of within that there is the true journey now hold it very carefully we're very well aware of those outer journeys but now within those journeys and sometimes arising from them certainly within them there is the true journey we were created for a purpose the very fact that we have these journeys but certainly the fact of this inner journey tells me we exist for a purpose we're not an accident that is you're not the roll of a dice and therefore when you get up in the morning there's a purpose to that there's a reason there's a journey you're on I guess I'm I'm, at least part of what I'm saying tonight is wake up and know your journey because that's the purpose for which you were created, you see. Back there in the beginning it said we were made in the image and the likeness of God. The gospel that comes to us in Jesus applied by the Holy Spirit is to restore that image and likeness. There's your goal. That, that's where this true journey within all the others all the others within the school journey, the college journey, the harvest, the sowing and reaping and in all of those outer journeys there's this journey, the reality, that's the journey beyond all the passing scenes of life, beyond all the events, there's a meaning within those events There's a treasure to be discovered in every scene of life. That's the goal. That's the goal. It is to discover the love of the Holy Trinity that has come and been defined for us in Jesus. That now is coming. Now, even as I speak to you, now that love is pressing upon us through the Holy Spirit. And so every part of life, every journey we are on, and all the bits and pieces of that journey, they are doorways into discovering the love which God has for us. Put that on hold for a minute every part of the journey, this here, this now, what is happening to me right now, what people are saying to me, interacting with me, all that takes up those outer journeys, they are bringing me to understand that in this here and now, I am the focus I am inside the love of God. And not only that, but in this situation, this part of the journey I am on, I am discovering, maybe as never before, it couldn't happen before because I wasn't here. But here has brought forth the realization that Christ is in me. The love of God is in me, the creature. And therefore, I come also to realize that he loves through me, and I imprint into this piece of history, this piece of life I'm passing through, I imprint the love that God is. So to me, in me, through me, I discover it and I imprint this piece of history with the presence of God and persons who are walking alongside of me will feel that imprint as I go on my way. And so the goal of the journey is that wherever I am on the journey, my relationship with the Father through Jesus by the Holy Spirit is enlarged. I come to know God a little bit more than I ever knew Him before. You see, when we say the word life, it's not an abstract word, sort of a vague thing. You'd have know, people say they have eternal life, whatever that means, um, and so they come up with the. It just means I'm going to live forever. No, no, no. See, life is not abstract. Life hear me life is in terms of my response to what is happening to me life is this happens and that happens and she said this and he said that I mean, I'm mean, i in the middle of all this happening and I respond to that I make a response I speak into it I answer it I have feelings about it. I make choices in the, That's life. The happening and the response to it. That's, that's life. You see, eternal life is the very life of God in me. Receiving that and responding to that and answering that and choosing that. Life. The abundant life of God is responding to all these happenings with a life that is beyond this creation, God life. And Jesus is the one through whom that life enters into humanity so that he says, interestingly, I am the way. See, I'm the way. It's another word for the pathway on which the times take place. He is the journey. Yeah, get that. I am the way and the pathway of life. God, life lived inside human. And then he goes, I am the way, the truth, the reality, and the life. He is it. Life is that discovery that all of life is summed up in Jesus Christ. So, it says for me to live is Christ or Paul says I live yet not I it is Christ who lives in me and he describes all the ups and downs of life in Philippians 4 and says but I I found the secret of contentment it is that Christ in me infuses me with his strength let let me put it like this sort of bluntly I suppose when I was raised in, in the, the, the gospel you know, first first years of the gospel the will of God I, I, the will of God was presented to me as almost the fourth person of the trinity the will of God and, and if you're really going to sort of go all the way with God that was a good phrase they always used um, one had to find the will of God. And that became a, 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 well, a very anxiety-ridden affair. I've got to find the will of God. And, and it was always looked at as sort of a destination. The will of God is I do this. The will of God is I go there. And so so many of the, those I was with, they... they went off on trips here and trips there to mission fields and rest Believe me, that, that was the will of God for me the will of God and of course he even got into your relationships you know it actually happened a little while ago at a certain meeting a chap came up to me he said I, I want to know is the will of God I marry this woman I said bless your heart uh, l- let's start with the obvious do you love her? He said, yeah, the will of God as if the will of God is sealed orders do you love her? Do you like her? Is she your very best friend? Can you trust her with the secrets of your life? You know, the woman says, is the will of God I marry him. I, 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 do, do you want to marry him or save him, you see? It, it, does he want to marry you because you're a sucker that's going to look after him, the big loser? And you think, I'm going to change him one day, I'm going to change him, it's God's will, it's sort of my mission. Don't be daft. The will of God um, is not about things that are so obvious. The will of God is not about getting an airline ticket to somewhere. The will of God is not a destination, it's not a thing, it's not a place. Right there, that might have blown it for you for the rest of the thing. I mean... (laughs) when I was in Bible school many of the chaps they, they sought the will of God the whole time we were there and by the time they found out the will of God it was too late to do it no the will of God hear me, hear me, hear me the will of God is Jesus Christ he is the very mind of God he's the word of God become flesh he, he, he is the word it's not a destination it's not a place you go to it's not whether you marry her or marry him it's Jesus Christ himself who now shares in total your life as you share his that's the will of God my times my journeys are now summed up in Jesus By this idea of life as a journey Um, and it was Luke I said he puts great emphasis on it Uh, Luke says uh, and and let me say it's just how he told the stories because he didn't have to make anything up he's just showing journeys and the great journey that so many people know about uh, the travelers on the Emmaus road you see a lot of things happen at the resurrection but he picks on that one that they journeyed from uh, Jerusalem to Emmaus and and here they are, travelers And, and their times the times that they were in were utter despair, depression, hopelessness the bottom had fallen out of their world for the last thing they saw was that Jesus was crucified life is over and now they're going back home and as they journey on the road Jesus, freshly risen from the dead But he looks just like a traveler. And he comes alongside of them. He joins them in their journey. And he draws out of them their hopelessness and their misery and their despair. And then he speaks his word into them. And they don't know who it is. But they report afterward their hearts burned within them like a fire came alive inside of them and suddenly life began to make sense and then of course he revealed himself when they got to Emmaus and and they were never the same again that's so this journey whatever's happening in the journeys of your material physical time space existence There's another journey going on, and they play off each other. And in the middle of the true journey, is that Christ is in me, and I am in Christ, and I'm discovering that to new dimensions as the journey unfolds. Oh, yeah, there's this purpose to, to existence. Let me say it again it's not a chance walk you're having through life it's not an aimless futile series of uh, of pointless events that keep cluttering up your life you're a believer and because you're a believer then you see the purpose you see what it's all about and you begin to respond to the purpose within all that's happening in life and you grow in relationship with Jesus and with the Father So, stop all of that, you know, what's the will of God, where am I going? The will of God is right where you're sitting. The will of God, He is to be discovered in what people are saying to you, about you. The pressures that are upon you in this particular situation. The threats from tomorrow... It's all in those. I've just named a number of the doors that are right there in front of you through which you meet with Jesus in ways you've never dreamed possible. While you think only at the events, you go blundering on, hoping things will change and you'll find the will of God. No, it's not like that. And in all of this, the Holy Spirit, well, there is another hour just to talk about him as the one who is the guide within the journey. Do you know the Holy Spirit? He is God now with us, revealing Jesus and revealing through Jesus the Father. Holy Spirit is the guide in life. In fact, the word guide that is used there, it means a guide into hitherto unknown territory. You're going where you didn't dream you were going to go. And he opens it up. He's the teacher. He gives you the commentary and he never teaches you about it. He's not into any western educational system. You learn by experience. In fact, you You couldn't learn any other way. And so you advance in knowing God. And the Holy Spirit is your intimate teacher. In fact, I would even say there's parts of the scripture where we could use the word coach. The Holy Spirit is our coach in this this life. Now, I don't know if you've really caught the drift of this, but that gives me a totally, and I'm mean, totally different approach to life have you been in in one of those situations or maybe it's, it's more than a situation it it became our very life to find out the will of God and make sure you are in the will of God and and then of course they get you miss the will of God and then you're in the permissive will of God and I suppose if you miss the permissive will of God, well I don't know where you are, out on a farm road somewhere, I suppose. But you see, whenever you think of the will of God as a destination then the question is where are we going now that was always the thing you've got to find out where where is the will of God going that was the religious anxiety of it all try and find my sealed orders and then steam the envelope open to find out where am I going what is the will of God but then you know like a bunch of kids in the back seat are we there yet are we there yet you know where are we going are we there Oh, it's such an anxiety ridden life these people live see the fact is you then you're looking at all events the happenings of life through the branches of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil remember that thing that, that was drawn into becoming the heart of the human race by the first couple you know what I mean I look at everything that happens in life every happening is it good, is it bad is it good, is it bad and I label everything I become the expert of saying that's a good thing that's a bad thing because by next week you might reverse that but you know that that, that came in with Satan it's good. It's bad. It's good. It's bad. Is it the will of God? Of course. Sometimes in the middle, we're just bored stiff with the whole lot, and so events, things that happen to me, become the place of being happy or sad. They are the source of my happiness or sadness. They they define me. Actually, I'm I'm devastated because of what happened to me. I, I know some people that. And I'm I'm serious. They they can hardly be a Christian for a week if their football team loses. I remember dropping into Dallas on a certain week, and they they had lost something in terms of a game, and and, and the I felt it. The entire city was in depression. How sad. When when we are created to live out from God, and we instead define ourselves and live out from. Events that we've labeled good or bad. Events become the meaning of our life, and you know how it comes. We say, Well, I'll be glad when this is over. You you mean you're not able to know the joy of the Lord until this is over? You just said that. Or the great sigh, Thank God it's Friday, meaning I've had a week of meaninglessness and now meaning will begin when I leave work and whatever I do on the weekend or the people that come into our lives and constitute part of the journey but are we, because we, we see only the outward form of the journey we, we say, you know she makes me mad he's a pain in my neck, you know I can't stand that man every time I'm around him I'm frustrated so you see how the the events are determining who you are the people in the journey are are those that shape you and fashion your emotions we have a hostile attitude to events and then when things are bad we say well I suppose this is the will of God no that's fatalism (laughs) That, that's it isn't that God just dumps events on you or in the middle of it we assume we've missed the will of God I've got to try and find the will of God get into another set of events maybe I'll, I'll move to New York and that will be the beginning of the will of God for me or we say why Lord why why are you doing this to me All of that is because we're centered upon the events as being good events or bad events and the will of God somewhere in the middle of it. But what I've been saying in the last half an hour is something entirely different. And I pray, Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see it. It's got nothing to do with events. We do not live by events. The journey... The real journey is a revelation of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And He, and I'm talking about He, the Holy Spirit, our guide, our teacher, and the revelation He gives us of Jesus in these events that are happening to us. And so we're not living at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We're living at the tree of life and the tree of life is not the tree of life and death it's a seamless life it's got nothing to do with whether something's good or bad it is the life of God and so whatever is happening to you whoever is happening to you the question is not well this must be the will of God or why Lord it is rather What are you doing in all of this, Lord? What aspect of your love are you seeking to reveal to me and in me in this situation that you could not do at any other time? It took this situation to open me up to this. How are you revealing yourself here? What promises are you giving to me in this moment of time? It's amazing. Go through life blind as a bat, not realizing that Father and Son and the Holy Spirit are here. And the whole point of this that is happening is that here you might discover Him as you could not discover Him any other place. It took this putting together of circumstances to bring you to that place where you can be ready to hear and see but we're not looking do you remember when jacob fleeing from his brother it was a nasty family situation and he's on the run as fast as he can to get away from home and he comes upon the place it was called luz and, and uh didn't look a nice place looked rather hostile actually and he was kind of scared and so he didn't go into the city but he got a stone and he slept outside the city on the hillside out of sheer exhaustion and and he had the dream of all dreams of the connection between heaven and earth we call it Jacob's ladder and he woke in the morning and he recognized god had spoken to him and he said, the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. And you could play with those words. The Lord was in this place, in Luz? No, <laughs> that's not a place I expected to meet with God. I, I thought he'd be back there in the land God has given us. But but he's here in Luz? With my head on a stone? The Lord was here. I, I thought there was a bunch of, you know crooks so they, they're gonna mug me gangsters bandits whatever here i i was scared no the lord was in this place you missed it man i had to invade your dreams how many times you say yeah but i i made a stupid mistake i made a silly choice and i mean i'm i'm off on the reeds now and And certainly, if you were with some churches, they would say you've missed the will of God and all that stuff. Look, come on. Do you think that little gizmo in your car, what do they call it, GPS, do you think that's got more intelligence, more concern for you than the Holy Spirit? Now, there's a question. We were driving just the other day, and... Our little gizmo was telling us, you know, proceed, thousand feet, turn right. And, and, well, it it was a confusing highway. And instead we, we, we turned right too early and we plunged into rush hour traffic all going which what ways. Our little gizmo was not disturbed in the least. It almost coughed, you say. I don't know which one you have, but this one is very chatty. And and he said, oh, well, you know, obviously you got off too early. Well, now... And immediately began to give us a whole new set of directions as to where to go in order to get to where we wanted. Totally unfazed that we got off at the wrong exit. To that little thing, it wasn't a wrong exit. It was just another way of getting... And so, yes, we would meet a different set of circumstances. But we'd get to our desired end. Do you see what I'm saying? I make a stupid decision. It has been known, you know. (laughs) We make stupid decisions. And in making stupid decisions, religion says, you're done, you're finished, you blew it. Holy Spirit says, ha-ha, I see you, mate that decision well I've got a perfect plan to get you from where you now are to where we were going the ultimate goal of you being mature and bearing the image of God in Christ don't, don't, we're, we're still on the road it's just a different road and there'll be a different bunch of circumstances and you'll meet people you never would have met that's fine we'll have fun doing that and, and there'll be plenty of opportunities with those people to discover the love of God, so let's get on with it and we're off, you see there are no dead ends with God there's, there's no in a sense there's no stupid decisions because every decision he weaves into his plan, you've learned something now haven't you, you won't go that way again and hey, if you do we'll go through it again, he's ultimate patience, love never fails he never gives up is that the God you worship? Mm-hmm. Oh, some worship a monster. But anyway, this journey we're on, it changes. Some Sometimes as you're going on the journey, there is a change. Sometimes there's, yeah, there's changes. Changes. It, it has to be. We have seen so much that we cannot just sort of stick around where we are because we're moving on we're always moving on and we're moving on to a greater expression of that which we're seeing and so as we go through a change of journey that journey we've been on for however long it was in that journey that we had seeings we had revelations, realizations of who Jesus is and and the purpose and intention of God and and, well that was it wasn't it we found ourselves, we were moving off on another path our our journey had taken on a whole new what shall I say We, we were coming to realize the potential The potential possible of Christ lives in me and he is in the Father, so he in me and I in him are in the Father. The potential, the possible of such a life. We'd never dreamed it before. Do you remember how that felt as you were coming to that point? Maybe you'll remember. Maybe it's too too recent, but... There's a restlessness. I, I look around at my life, and yes, it, it's, it's, it's a life in Christ, and I give thanks to God for it, but I'm restless, and I, I listen to what preachers say, and I listen to what my friends are seemingly so content with, and I, I feel restless, and I, and I, I can't. And sometimes you write it down, didn't you? You, you write it down. This is, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I see in Scripture. Is it really possible that that could be? Where do you think those questions came from? You see, if the Holy Spirit didn't give us questions, we wouldn't be ready to contain the answer. In fact, the answer would come and we wouldn't even notice it. The questions prepare us to recognize and receive the answers restlessness and, and and what used to excite us doesn't do that anymore we've seen too much and yet we haven't seen we're, we're, we're aching, we're longing we're desiring and we're restless and sometimes frustrated with where we're at but those questions are calling us the Holy Spirit put them there And the Holy Spirit is bringing us into a path that we've never trodden before. A path of seeing Jesus. And the very situation we're in, it's a doorway that's leading us there. It can be a time of turbulence. Have you ever been on the ocean where two oceans meet? Have you ever been on an interstate highway where four interstate highways meet? It's a kind of turbulent moment as everybody gets sorted out in their journeys. The fact is, while while you're in this time that I'm talking about, the journey's really already begun. You'll recognize that as you, you begin to get on the road that's now clear of the turbulence. You'll you recognize, I was already on the journey. I already knew I could never live here any longer. I'm, I'm moving. It's begun already. I'm now, now in the process of finding my new road. And as you do so, you'll notice that certain people drop off. or it, It's simply they're going on their journey. Have you noticed your life? that there, there were periods of time when persons were with you and now they're not and it's not because you don't like them or they don't like you or even that you're not friends anymore it's just they're no longer part of where you're at it's okay it's okay that's what happens in, in journeys we, we interact with each other we, we're together on a journey and then our journeys part not because you're better than them or they're better than you it's simply that Your journey is is leading you on and elsewhere. A new journey. Sometimes it's thrust on us. We don't have the luxury of questions and longings. Suddenly we find ourselves in a new journey. We suddenly are promoted in a job or we're moved in a job. And we find ourselves in a new city, a new state, a new neighborhood, a new office with it's new, 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 new neighbors new persons to work with you see and suddenly my whole life is is, is in a turbulence because everything is new I have been thrust out uh, of my comfort zone and I'm somewhere else sometimes a tragedy hits and that's very hard then to say my times are in your hands but believe me they are if we can look through the tragedy and discover the presence of God who is love and stop seeing it as an event that God caused and to understand his promise is that he's walking through this in us through it the suddenness of some of these journeys David a teenage kid and his father gave him a round of cheese and some cookies and told him to go to his brothers and and give some to their captain, you know. Just just go to the front lines, give them the cheeses and the cookies and find out how the battle's going and come on home. I say he was only about 15 years old. And when he got there, it so happened... The Goliath was making his step. And, and David feels the uh, life of God rise with it. Well, you know the rest of the story. He went to deliver cheese and cookies and came away with a new journey begun because nothing would ever be the same again. He soon would be the most famous name in Israel. He soon would become the king of Israel, the psalmist and so on and so on. But it all began with Dad saying over breakfast, Hey kid, take this cheese and cookies to your brothers on the front lines and bring me news of the battle. Off you go. Yeah. Sudden. They took you to a meeting, didn't they? You didn't want to go, but you went and you heard a word and your life was never the same. That was so for me. I was tricked into going to a meeting. And in that meeting I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that thrust me from being a shy, gawky teenager into speaking to the multitudes. Just a word spoken, a book read. that journeys suddenly end. As surely as other times, they're not so sudden, but they end and every change of journey is a move up he never moves us down he that began a good work in you he shall bring it to completion or wholeness never, never never does a journey lead us into entropy you never begin to fall apart doesn't matter what it looks like in that turbulent period I say again, you are in the process of discovering a new dimension of the potential and the possible of Christ living his life in you, even if it doesn't look like it. I mean, when Joseph's journey suddenly changed when he was kidnapped and carted off to Egypt... And within that journey, many journeys, and all of them looked as if they were a deeper part of the end. But it wasn't. It's a pathway that led directly to being the co-ruler of all Egypt. Moses, believing he was doing the will of God, failed miserably and ran for his life to the backside of the desert. It's all over. No, that's where there was the burning bush. And the burning bush could never have come to him while he had that mindset in Egypt. We've already looked at Jacob. Saul of Tarsus, who lost everything on a trip to Damascus. On the Damascus road, he meets with Jesus. It would be the same thing as you meeting with Jesus in the airport. Everything changed. And in his case, he literally lost everything. He says so. But of course, in actual fact, which he very quickly realized, he gained everything. Others get affected when our lives change. They they don't get it, what's happening to us. They feel threatened they are terrified of change they want to live in their resume the safety zone of the crowd the herd and they get very upset when we move on in a journey and of course sometimes we face those things when a journey confronts us there can actually come nasty things the one that immediately springs to mind is when Paul in his seeing of the grace of God there, there came that rift between him, Barnabas and John Mark and there's more to the story that I'm telling but enough to say Paul is going on this way Barnabas is saying no we've got to go. and, and, and it says it's there especially in the Greek it's in, in our English versions of Paul and Barnabas has this, have this terrible quarrel but the words used in the Greek describe uh, that they, they had a quarrel that you could hear them shouting down the street it was a terrible thing but that's okay Barnabas went on to Cyprus with John Mark Paul goes on to the rest of the world and, and they remain friends right through to the very end But at that moment of time they didn't understand each other's journeys and so there was a terrible split. It happens. It happens. Sometimes your responding to what the Holy Spirit is telling you causes others to be afraid especially if they're not really sure who they are and where they're going. And others cannot imagine the possibility of anything... uh, that's different to what has been, is, and ever shall be, and, and so you're rocking their boat. It's the same thing. I mean, you move into a new neighbourhood; it carries with it certain apprehensions. A new job—there's a lot of fears as you go to a new job, a new city. Good grief! I came to a new country. You yeah. know, yeah, it's scary. You have to learn a new vocabulary. I mean, upside down. Uh, over here in North America, you speak English, but not really. <laughs> uh, many words mean something entirely different. It, it, it's very scary to have a new journey at any level. And if you're a pastor, you know what I'm talking about. For you to follow where the Holy Spirit leads sometimes threatens your pension, your health insurance. Even the house you're living in—I understand. I've been through that, and I lost it. Or did I lose anything? You see. So, my time is up. Let this change of attitude. You might need to listen to this again. Begin to practice every day. What is happening to you? What are you up to, Lord? it's not whether this is a good thing or a bad thing what are you up to how am I meeting you here what is it you're infusing into me that I might live Christ and become aware that the people that you're now rubbing shoulders with whether it be in the church or in the office or in the neighborhood or in the school they're part of your journey so what's up Lord Lord what 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 are you doing here let me be very aware of it pray ephesians 117 for those on the journey with you and in well what's it say in psalm 34 i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth or ephesians 5 what is it 20 where it says in everything give thanks that is It's not saying, well, this is good, this is bad, this is good, so I'll give thanks. No, it's rising above that. In everything I'm seeing God. And I give thanks. And I give praise. And I give excitement to him who is leading me at this moment into a... I was going to say new, it's not, it's, it's a development of, it's an expansion of that relationship that I have with him. Well, I don't know, we might be back next week with this, because um, I'm, I'm seeing things I wish I'd said, but I've said enough, I believe that in the last hour, your entire attitude to life could be changed. And to recognize, in this micro moment now, this is the will of God that here you discover Christ is your life. Now, the blessing of God, who is Almighty love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, his blessing rest upon you, His blessing fill you with understanding and wisdom that you shall become one who sees God and in seeing him see no other but rather he in you and you in him and so live this abundance of life. So I bless you. That is the way it is.